All right, so um, we are going to uh, start off with a passage in uh, Galatians. Galatians uh, chapter 2 and verse 20 says this, Christ lives in me. That's Jesus Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, it's important for us to just um, unpack a little bit here um, what is being talked about. But also, I want you to know that what is being talked about here is helpful. It's helpful to you. It's been helpful to me. It is, in fact, the starting point, the one main reason why I have been able to go through this year moment by moment, day by day, and I have needed it every day. There have been days that have been difficult, that have been a struggle, that have been overwhelming, where I have not felt like I had the answer, where I felt like I needed the love of God more than anything else, and where I didn't know how I could continue. But what we're talking about right here is what's made it possible for me. What's made it possible for me to continue? Jesus Christ lives in me. Now, that that can sound strange. And, and this in me is a, is a fellowship, is a with word. Like, I'm with you, or I'm with that, or I'm not with you, I'm not with that. Uh, that's, that's what the word means. It's, it's in a, a close personal relationship. It's to be one with, in union with, closely joined to. Uh, that's what uh, Paul is talking about here. Jesus Christ is with me. I want you to hear that today. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Someone better is here now. That's Jesus Christ. Paul's story is amazing. I'm not going to get into it today, but he had a personal interaction with Jesus that he really needed. He was broken. He had been disappointed by people. He had misunderstood the the intentions of God. He had found his own work to be inadequate, to make himself feel good enough, to to be approved, to to be at peace. And he, he needed something more. He needed something better. And I think a lot of us going through 2020 have felt that way. And maybe we've been frustrated with people. Maybe we're missing people. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. And we get a shadow of the good things that that can mean in our relationships with other people here in this world. But the other people here in this world are imperfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And so think about what that means to have the one person who is perfect, who has been faithful in love for you, to be with you. That's what's being talked about here. Christ lives in me. Jesus is with me. So I live in this earthly body. And he's mentioning that specifically because what that includes is weakness, is brokenness, which Paul had in his physical body. And and it's it's even frustration at not being able to do more, not being able to enjoy life more. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, meaning I rely on, I am dependent on Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. That's really important for us. And who? Who is this Jesus? Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. That's which Jesus? Jesus. 
Jesus Christ, who loved us first, who didn't wait for us to get our act together, but even when we were at the worst place in our life, had already shown us love by coming down, living a human life, taking our sin on on himself, lifting it up off of us, having a sacrificial death, being raised to life as proof that God accepted that sacrifice. That Jesus who loved us, who gave himself for us, is with us. Someone better is here now. Jesus is with you. So Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the first of three messages uh, in this month of Advent. Um, Advent is something that Christians have celebrated for centuries. And uh, in fact, there are uh, some Christian traditions that the beginning of December in this month of Advent is where they begin their calendar year because it is so important. Some start it with prayer and fasting, but what it is focused on for the most part is the anticipated arrival of Jesus Christ. The anticipated arrival, meaning this is something that was predicted by prophecy because the the human spirit is yearning for something better. Each of us have a yearning in us. We recognize the brokenness of our world our own weaknesses, our own brokenness, our own inadequacies, but also of the people in our lives and the systems around us that is broken, that is affected by our enemy. And so there is this yearning for something better. There is this yearning for something more. It is actually a a, a part of what it means to be designed by God and here now having this temporary natural experience. We are anticipating, we are yearning for something better. And, And they were looking for, waiting for someone better who had been predicted. And then there was an arrival. Now, Jesus, we understand, was with God from the very beginning of creation observing throughout human history, was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem, right? There was that moment of arrival. But for for centuries, Christians have been commemorating Advent in this celebration of the anticipated arrival of Jesus in three different areas. In our own hearts every day and In the second coming that will yet happen, we will one day see a victorious Jesus return to earth and the birth in Bethlehem. And those three anticipated arrivals of Jesus are why Christians started to give gifts to each other in in December. It's why Christians started to create a wreath a symbol of the eternal hope found in Jesus. And even trees, which were, there, there, there was this marking of the, with an evergreen uh, in Northern Europe, there were Christians who said, Jesus, the life that we find in Jesus lasts forever like an evergreen. Those things with Advent were focused on, hear me now, focused on the anticipated arrival in Jesus. And today, what, what are we talking about? Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Someone better is here now, here and now. The anticipated arrival of Jesus is with you wherever you are. And that's what I want to focus on today. And what we see 
in uh, John talks about it a fair amount. The beloved uh, disciple who was was close to Jesus, he uh, in First John chapter five verse twenty writes, "We are in Him," which is that same with you, that same unity, close personal relationship word. We are in Him who is true, in His Son Jesus Christ. Now look at the, the, the full, the two verses, verse 20 and 21, but I want to give us that short, concise from the ESV. We are in him who is true, reliable, profoundly unique. We are in him. We are with him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. And here it is, the two verses from the New Living. And we know that the Son of God has come. And he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God. He is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. We are invited to be in a close, personal relationship with Jesus. What does it look like to be um, in a close, personal relationship with another person, a person that you value, uh, maybe even more than others. Uh, it means that you you really uh, care about that person. You want to be with that person. You want to go places with that person, discover stuff with that person, maybe work on a project with that person, uh, work alongside them, maybe rest with them, celebrate with them. Um, it also means that you're in a right standing relationship with them. In other words, you're not breaking the relationship. Relationship's not broken. It's connected. Uh, there's a unity there. We have been invited to be in a close personal relationship with Jesus. And God's made himself available already. He identifies a Jesus follower. Jesus is with you. His anticipated arrival is here and now. In your life, wherever you are, whatever you are going through, you might be experiencing brokenness, insecurity, maybe distracted pride, making mistakes. Maybe it's just being uh, weighed down with depression and anxiety. Whatever the brokenness is you're experiencing does not change the reality that the perfect Jesus is with you. Sometimes we're just not aware of it. Sometimes our pain actually inhibits our ability to receive the love of Jesus. And Jesus definitely wants to heal that. John really understood that. He wrote in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, We saw him, Jesus, with our own eyes, touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. We get this same Jesus in me, I in him, we're, we're with you, this close uh, personal um, relationship phrases in a number of different places. John chapter 10, verse 38, Jesus taught, taught it like this. The Father is in me. The Father's with me. And I am in the Father. I am with the Father. Jesus also taught it like this. John chapter 15, verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Maybe you uh, remember that chapter of Jesus using the analogy of a vine. A connectedness, a, a life-giving, constant connection of a vine. Um, Jesus inviting us to, to, to stay with him. Remain in me, he said, and I will remain in you. In other words, be with me and I will be with you. That's what Jesus was saying. So 
to simplify, Jesus is with you. The anticipated arrival of Jesus is here and now. What we learn is that Jesus has made a close personal relationship with God available right now. It's available. But what about the difficulty I'm experiencing over here? What about these constant thoughts and emotions that I'm experiencing over there? What do I do about this reality? Why does it matter? What should I do about it? I think that's a really important question. Let's go back to the the text in John chapter 15 and verse 4. Jesus says a few things that are specific about our response to it. Remain in me and I will remain in you. My words remain in you, he says in verse 7. Remain in my love, he says in verse 9. Obey me, he says in verse 10. So what do we do about the truth that we've learned. Well, let's talk about a few uh, specifics. Number one, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. And and for me, this looks in, in, in like a few different things. Number one, what I'm trying to do um, is learn from, there's been great um, studies done by neurologists about brain science that say that most of us wake up and start in our first thoughts either in the love center of our brain or the fear center of our brain. And what I'm trying to do straight out the beginning of the morning is have a quiet moment where I'm more focused on the love of God than anything else. I just want to focus my thoughts right there. Jesus is with you. God loves you. Start your day with a focus on that, a quiet moment to focus on that reality. And then over the course of your day, give good energy, maybe the best of your energy, to being with Jesus. Think about Jesus. What have you learned about Jesus to be true? What is Jesus like? And what this can look like is reading the Bible stories. And here in the month of December, what you might want to do is to start in in Matthew 1 um, and in Luke 1 and read about the birth of Jesus. And and what did it mean to the people who saw with their own eyes, heard with their own ears, the events that took place around the birth of Jesus Christ? And think about what that means to you. Jesus is described as the light. Are we experiencing darkness? I mean, here we are now in the season where the days are shorter. There's some more natural darkness with the, the, the seasons. But definitely in our own personal lives, there can be darkness. And definitely in our world, in our neighborhood, and, and, and the goings-on of the world, there can be darkness. Well, Jesus is the light. So spend some time reflecting on that. Read different stories. Um in, uh, in 2018, we spent most of the year just looking at Bible stories of Jesus. What did he do? What did he say? And one of the, the things that I recommend during this season is that you read um, this book, Philip Yancey, the Jesus, that I ne- the Jesus I Never Knew. Great book to help you. Uh, maybe you've been around this Christianity thing for a while, and uh, so you've heard different stories. You feel like you've got it all figured out. Uh, Maybe it's brand new to you. Either way, this book will be really helpful. It's pretty affordable on paperback um, and and digitally as well. Um, So spend time with Jesus. When you do, again, let's look at what Jesus said about this. I'm with you. Be with me in John chapter 15. What we hear is my words remain in you. So Jesus taught things. So when we're reading the stories of Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
Let's pay attention to the red letters. What are the things that Jesus said? Let's listen to those. Let them sink in. Reflect on them. Meditate on them. There's so many different things that you could be meditating on that maybe you shouldn't. Obsessing on things that people said. Maybe what you should be more focused on is listening to Jesus. So spend time with Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Number three, obey Jesus. Jesus made it very clear. If you're going to be with him and, and he is going to be with you, you need to obey. John 15 and verse 10. So if Jesus tells us something, plain, simple truth, very clear, let's obey him. And, and one of those things is he says, love God with the best of your energy and love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. Number four, what we see at the, the end of that passage of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. So number four, keep away from anything that might, might take God's place in your hearts. God should be more valuable to you than anything you're binging, than anything you're craving. So pay attention to it. Where is the value system of your heart? And number five, what we see in, again, John chapter 15 and verse 9, stay in love. Stay in love. We as humans are going to tend to drift from love. Don't drift from love. Stay in love. Stay in love with Jesus. Stay more focused on Jesus than anything else. Jesus is with you. Someone better is here now. The anticipated arrival of Jesus is here now, available to you now. What, what could your day look like? How could your day be changed if you and whoever is around you, if you shut out everything else in this world to spend time focused on Jesus? Here's what I believe. We, we welcome the anticipated arrival of Jesus here and now. And we will, next Sunday, we'll talk about on the day of his return. And then the Sunday after that, at the time of his birth. That's what we're focused on. And what I believe is that we respond to Jesus by staying in close personal relationship, listening to him, obeying him, and loving him. Allow me to pray for you today. God, uh, this, what we're talking about now, is not easy for us. We can um, feel overwhelmed by the challenges of today, the things that are going on. Lord, we can uh, feel, um, we can get distracted by the difficulties on the inside of us, the things that we get caught up thinking about, the, the, the things that we end up feeling. Uh, Lord, we can get distracted by the things of this world. And uh, it's so easy for us to drift from that. And, and we just ask that, would you please forgive us? Forgive us for that. And I'm thankful that because of Jesus, you do. You forgive us for that. And so, Lord, today, I just ask, would you please forgive us for that? Help us, Lord, right now by your Holy Spirit, help each of us to come back to a place where we're more focused on Jesus than anything else. Let it be life-giving to us. Let it be strengthening to us. I ask in the name of Jesus.